Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And with me today is our new friend and sister in Christ, Jackie Gibson. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your life in, in ministry, and uh, what are you working on ministry project-wise? Sure. So I come from, as you can hear from my accent, I'm not from the U.S. I come from Sydney, Australia. But I've worked out that I've now spent over half my life outside of that country. So born there, traveled around as a child, then did all of my high schooling and university there. And then I met a Northern Irish man and we left Australia, spent some time in Cambridge. And now we live near Philadelphia in the US. My husband, Johnny, teaches at Westminster Theological Seminary. And we have four children. Most of my time is spent looking after the two youngest of those. But I enjoy leading a women's Bible study connected with our church and getting to know students and their wives and families. So I don't have any current ministry projects, but I just enjoy being involved in ministry more generally. Oh, that's great. That's great to get to know uh, you a little bit. I've, I've enjoyed getting to know your, your husband. And uh, of course, his his works are also very good. So. Uh, we're, we're thankful for the way in which the Lord continued to use you guys. So, well, can you uh, tell us about this book? Uh, you are still a mother, hope for women grieving, a stillbirth or miscarriage. Tell us why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received, please. Well, I just said in the intro there that I have four children, which is true. But the second of those children is a daughter, Layla, who is in heaven with the Lord Jesus. So I only have three here on earth, but one in heaven. So in 2016, we already had a son, Ben, who was three and a half, but I had a daughter who very sadly died at the end of pregnancy, about a week away from her due date. And then she was stillborn a few days later. We named her Layla, our first daughter, our second child. And so it's been about seven and a half years since her death. And I have written a book. I attempted to write something I wish I had had right after Layla died. Uh, I have spent the last seven and a half years learning a lot of things about that particular kind of loss, a late-term pregnancy loss, about suffering more generally, but also about God's kindness to us in suffering. And so while the book is about my story in many ways, it's more broadly about our good and faithful father who is with us in our suffering and who gives us so much hope. We are those who grieve with hope as Christians. And so that's why I wrote the book to be a help and a comfort to mothers who have experienced the death of a child in the womb in miscarriage or stillbirth. Yeah. And it's, um, well, first off, I can't imagine what that's, you know, honestly, like, you know, I, I just can't, you know, 
Um, so, so I won't even, I won't even pretend to understand that, but, um, you know, this is a, it's a very well-written book. Um, you know, you are being, as you, as you already shared, very personal. This is a very personal story for you and your husband, but it's, um, it's not the, the point isn't to point to yourself. It's to point to Christ and to the help that, uh, he alone can provide and does. And so, um, that, and that way this, this book is really, really helpful. It's very useful. Um, and, and it doesn't like, as I'm reading this, I thought, you know, this book doesn't really, it doesn't wallow in, you know, even though you experienced a tremendous amount of suffering in, in that situation, you know, you don't, you're not focused on that at all. It doesn't read like you're focused on it at all. You know, and so clearly you've come through on the other side of that. I mean, it's always still there, of course, because, I mean, <laughs> you can't go through that and not be marked by it, you know, but it it, it really is um, a very helpful and a hopeful a book in the, in the best sense of that word. Um, so and not only that, you have great theology. So, you know, it's all throughout. So clearly, like you mentioned before, when you were talking, you've you've uh, you, you you've enjoyed some of your husband's books back there and, and it shows so that's right that's, that's really awesome yeah i i did want the book to be theologically rich i didn't want it to be light and fluffy sort of platitudes patting a grieving mother on the back i wanted it to be deep and uh showing that our faith is yeah I guess I'll use that word again. It is deep and we can stand on firm foundations in the word. There is so much hope. There are so many riches available for us in grief and in loss. And I think that as you and I both know, there's a lot of rubbish out there written for people who have experienced grief, um, mostly from a non-Christian worldview perspective. But even sadly, there are some that don't go very deep, uh, in the Christian world too. So I, I wanted it to be deep and rich whilst also easy to understand. Yeah, that's good. Well, how can the truth of the everlasting arms of the Lord help us in the middle of seasons of intense grief and sorrow? Well, for those who have experienced any kind of suffering and any kind of loss and specifically this kind of loss, miscarriage or stillbirth, you know that it can be very lonely. Uh, even when the Lord is kind to give you people around you who are in the valley with you. Like for me, I had my husband, Johnny, and a, a wonderful church family who came around us and showed up and met our needs and grieved with us. Even then, it can be lonely and you're left with questions by yourself. So to be reminded in Deuteronomy 33, 27, that the eternal God is your dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms, that reminder that you are not alone, that even when you feel like you're free falling in the darkness and nothing makes sense, that God's strong everlasting arms are underneath you always. They are strong enough to carry even the heaviest parts of your grief, that changes everything. So even in the lonely places, to know that God is with you and he is there is, is an immense comfort in loss. Yeah, 
you know, again, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand the the loss that you experienced, but, you know, we've a lot of people in the last, you know, especially a couple of years have, including myself, lost somebody because of COVID. And, you know, it, it really does, it hurts and it takes, you know, time to, to understand, you know, that and, and to get to a place where, you know, you can really deal with a book and write a book like this. Some people will never write a book and that's okay too. I'm not saying that, but to get to the place where you can even, um, you know, talk about it. What, what would you say to those who are going through that kind of season, even maybe even right now, um, you know, even as we've, you know, come out on the other side of COVID, but people are still dealing with, you know, that, that loss, you know, what, what would you say to them? I would say, first of all, that that kind of loss is worth grieving and lamenting because death is a terrible enemy. So we shouldn't skip that part. We should grieve deeply because it is our death is our greatest enemy that Jesus came to conquer. But the sting is still there until the new heavens and the new earth. So I would say it's okay to weep and express emotion and sadness. Our Lord Jesus did at the tomb of Lazarus, even though he knew what the that he was about to call him from the grave. So that you can, it is sad. Death is a terrible enemy. And then I would say, similar to Deuteronomy's promise that God's everlasting arms are with us or underneath us, is that your closest companion in grief is the Lord Jesus. He is the ultimate man of sorrows. He's the only one who understands the nuances of your grief, whatever the circumstance that you're in at the moment, whatever, whoever the loved one is who has just died, that he is the only one who understands. He bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. And so turn to him. He understands. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. You know, and, and even though I have a lot of training and counseling and all that, I had to realize myself, I had to, I had to humble myself and tell my wife, I, I got to get some biblical counseling. And she said, I think that would be a good thing, you know, because I realized very quickly um, within a few weeks of of losing my dear mentor from COVID, he had COVID pneumonia and he had a heart attack too. So he actually died of a stroke. And, um, but, you know, that was it was tragic. It was really uh, a gut punch for me. And uh, it was like losing the... It, it, it was like losing an actual family member. Um, so, and, but I, but I realized quickly that I, I didn't have, even though I had all this training, even I had all the knowledge and stuff um, I needed, I needed myself, I needed help. And um, so I had to humble myself and ask a couple of friends if they would help me. And they were so kind. And so, so I'm just saying, like, if you're going through that, don't do it, whether you're going through, you had a miscarriage or loss or somebody died. Don't be afraid to, even if you have a lot of training, don't be afraid to be humble and just realize I got to have some help because even if you have the skill and the ability and the education, that doesn't mean that you don't need help. That doesn't mean that you don't need care. In fact, it might mean that you need some, some extra help and from those who are more specialized and, and that goes for just about you know, any, any kind of thing. And I just, I just want to bring that up because, you know, it's off, especially for guys, it's, it's hard for us sometimes to admit that we need the help and, it, and it's hard to take that 
we might recognize we need the help, but then take the extra step. And it's extra hard, even in grief and, and suffering to, to go ahead and do that. And so I just, and to echo what kind of build on what you're saying, I just wanted to, to add that because, um, it's, it's a good thing. It's a necessary thing and it's a helpful thing. It helped me personally. Um, you know, there, thankfully there wasn't any like sin or anything in my life where I was disqualified or anything like that. But, but how I was helped by it was the reminder, you're a workaholic, Dave. And, and so, um, the Lord was at work in that and I needed to learn to, to rest more. And so, so coming out of biblical counseling, you know, that period of life, that was one of the things that they really worked with me on. And of course my wife was affirming of that. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, it was, it was, a, it was a good thing. And I, I just mentioned that again, to be clear, not to say like, I understand what, what this specific, um, grief is from stillbirth or miscarriage, but just to say that, you know, loss is hard of all different types and to get the, get the help that you, you need, um, in the midst of that and biblical counseling can be one of those tools. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. And I want, I also went to see a biblical counselor maybe a year after Layla's death, found it immensely helpful. So while the Lord Jesus is our closest companion in grief. It's not me and Jesus with the door closed, staying in my house. He's put us in a church family for one. So stay connected to the body, to his people. And he's given us wonderful resources like biblical counselors. And I too was very grateful for that. Following Layla's death, I struggled a lot with fear that more bad things would happen, um, which turn into physical symptoms that I thought were pointing to um, serious illnesses. And so I needed someone with more expertise to help me understand the link between trauma and the way my body responded to that shocking loss of Layla's death. And so I was very grateful to see a biblical counsellor too. so yes, don't stay connected to the body of Christ and people with special training is a huge blessing and one that men, I agree, uh, are less likely to do, but ought to in, in many cases. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I think this question really gets to the, to the heart of your book. I would, I would love to hear, you know, what you think if it does, but um, how can we reconcile the goodness of God displayed in others' lives? You know, they get good news. You know, while we get the hard news of the passing of a friend, a loved one, or a child dying. Yeah. As Christians, we have a choice to make, especially when suffering comes into our lives, which we all know inevitably it it does or it will if it hasn't already. And when suffering comes, are we going to redefine what we know about God due to our circumstances? Are we going to let hard news change what we know to be true about God? Are we going to keep believing in the darkness what we knew in the light? And that's something I had to wrestle with because in the good times of life, it was very easy to believe the truth that the Bible is saturated with, that God is always good. He is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. And then when this hard news came, he didn't 
feel good when our daughter died in the womb a week before her due date. And so I did question God's goodness. We had friends a couple of blocks away. I was pregnant with this friend the whole way through. Our baby died at the end of pregnancy. They brought home a healthy living baby. Was God kind to them and cruel to us? They, they were the questions we had to wrestle with. But when the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, it means that he doesn't change even though in his mysterious sovereignty, hard things happen in our lives. Uh, and, and so that's something that I think we do have to wrestle with as Christians. But it, it will be an exhausting way to live if we change our opinion of God dependent on our external circumstances. We have to keep going to the word and reminding ourselves that God is always good even when it doesn't feel like it. And that that is something I think there will be mystery about until heaven, as Job says after God ant- answered him from the whirlwind. I have spoken things I did not know, things too wonderful for me. And I think that is true. We won't understand this fully until heaven. How can God be good and ordain hard things in our lives? Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, that's a really good answer. I mean, because it, it, what it does, I think, is it holds intention, you know, the 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 accusation well god doesn't care about me right god isn't interested in me and we know that's not true but but we have to you know take those truths in the midst of these hurtful and painful situations we have to actually take them home and and they have to go from our head to our heart and and god uh, one of the things one of my mentors says and he's i think it's a brilliant thing that he said um he hand tailors the situations of our lives under his providence and so, so even this situation that happened, it, it doesn't mean that God, you know, it, it doesn't, it, 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 he's using it is what I mean. He's using this situation in, in our lives to, you know, help us, um, to address things in our lives that need to be, you know, addressed so that we can grow to be, you know, more compassionate and more caring and loving. And, um, uh, so, so when, when, you know, we, we blame God were saying he doesn't have the best in mind for me and and that doesn't mean in the in the situation when somebody dies it's not understandable that we we go to that place you know in our in our flesh you know but um still we have to be reminded that this isn't just for our head this theology this good theology it's for our heart and and like joe beaky talks about it's it's for the head heart and hands and so uh, that that is a, a really good reminder. It's it, it, and we have to walk it out. And so it's it's a tough it's a tough and it's a painful thing. Some people they they never get past the head, and it never gets to the heart. Um, and and again, it's it's understandable. Um, you know, if I was to sit here and tell you some of the things that I've gone through, you would think how how in the world, Dave, have you got through it? Well. <laughs> like anybody it's with the help of god's grace it's with the help of his people it's with the help of a lot of older people that are a lot more mature than i am in the faith who've walked alongside me and helped me and and it's also as i mentioned with biblical counseling and it's just a lot of people continuing to speak into my life and you know reading good books like this and many others i mean all of it 
All of it is used by the Lord. And so, you know, um, yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? There's a beautiful, yeah, there's a beautiful Spurgeon quote. And it says, when we cannot trace God's hand, we can trace his heart. And I think that captures it, doesn't it? We often look around us and cannot understand the things we see around us that are hard and sad, but we we do know the truth about God's heart, that he is good and always good, that he loves us. You know, a few people did quote Romans 8, 28 to me after Layla had died, and it, it felt a little soon, to be honest, that God works for the good of those who love him in all things. But after, uh, after seven and a half years since Layla's death, I have seen in many ways the way that verse is true. And the verse after it is important, verse 29, that he is conforming us more and more into the image of his son. So through those hard things, God isn't wasting any of it. We are being changed more into the likeness of our older brother, the Lord Jesus, the man of sorrows, as I said before. So we will resemble him more and more through suffering. And that's a precious gift in our sanctification. Hard though it is. Hard. Amen. Amen. Well, how can the church help parents who are grieving a stillbirth or a miscarriage? I think in many ways it's very simple. Just show up and don't stay silent. I think people can often be so worried about saying the wrong thing that maybe they then say nothing. But in our experience, it's more painful when you don't hear from someone after a loss like this. The people that maybe said something, said the wrong thing, at least they were trying, at least their intentions were to love us and to try and step into this dark valley with us. And so acknowledge that baby who died. Maybe it was miscarriage and the couple didn't know the gender, so maybe they couldn't name their baby. But still acknowledge that that was a precious life the Lord knit together in their mother's womb, even though the baby died so early on. Maybe for later term losses, if parents have named the baby, say the name uh, because those parents don't get to hear the name of their child spoken uh, after a baby's death. So write, write that baby's name down on a card, maybe on an anniversary. I think trying to remember anniversaries or even just holiday times when parents will miss that child more acutely, I think, Christmas, especially Thanksgiving, times where the family gathers, but that person's absence is going to be felt. So there, there are some ways that the church can care for couples who have experienced this kind of loss. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, what would you say to a mother who's experienced a stillbirth or a miscarriage and looking for help and hope? I would say, and I think I, I said this earlier, the, the death of a baby in the womb is complex. You know, you are grieving the death of someone you, you didn't really get to know, which is a grief in and of itself. And I think our, the world we live in just can't make sense of the grief of a mother whose baby died in the womb because of the very low value of, of life in the womb. So just to acknowledge that 
your loss is very great. Even if that loss was so early on, it doesn't matter. It's still the death of your baby, of your child, and that baby's life is precious, as God's word affirms. But I would say if you're someone who trusts in the Lord Jesus, you have so much hope in your grief. Uh, There are many things that give us hope. One of them is the hope of the resurrection, the hope that we will meet our babies again one day in heaven. Jesus has made that possible. He is the first fruits who walked through death and was raised, raised to life. And we have the same hope for our babies. So the resurrection has become very precious to me and my husband. It was before Layla died, but even more so since her death that we have the hope of seeing her again one day. Uh, that now they are safe in the arms of Jesus. He welcomed little children when he lived on earth, let the little children come to me, and he still does. So there there are many reasons we have hope as bereaved parents, but they are just a few things. This is not our home. Heaven is, so keep your eyes on heaven. Yeah, that's really good. What are what are some lessons the Lord has taught you that that helped you to navigate your own grief and loss? I think one of the things is that uh, God doesn't just leave us in our grief, but He is not wasting any of it, and He is also a God who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm one hundred and forty seven. So I have learned that there are many ways that God is in the process of healing after loss, not to say this side of heaven, I'll ever get to a place where I'm oh fully healed, can, can move on from that loss. Um, but my grief is not the same as it was seven and a half years ago. And I have also gained precious gifts through suffering. We've sort of talked about that a little bit already, Dave. Um, so God is a is a faithful father who is caring for his children. He doesn't leave us in one place. And then I, one thing that I have learned that I think was new for me since the death of our daughter is understanding that Layla, her story is not finished yet, that she is awaiting the resurrection. I think I just always pictured believers who have died to be in the new heavens and the new earth, which maybe sounds silly, but they are with Christ, which is better by far, but it's not yet best. They're still waiting for the same thing we're waiting for. That is the second coming of Christ when he will make everything new, when he will give them imperishable bodies. That hasn't happened yet. So that was a shift in my understanding of the now but not yet for Christians in heaven, just like for us now, their story isn't finished yet. So that was a new journey for me of learning. That's really helpful, not only for the mother that is uh, experiencing, has experienced a a miscarriage or or something else, but for anybody, you know, that's going through a suffering or a trial or, you know, pain of any kind, um, I, I think that, that there's a lot, there's a lot there that, that people can, can learn. You know, um, there's, there's a lot that we could talk about, about this topic, Jackie. And just as we wrap up this conversation, do you have any takeaways? 
my takeaways would be that the death of a baby in the womb is a very complex grief. It is one, though, that our Lord Jesus understands and is with us in, is present in, and has won victory over that these babies are so precious, even though their lives were so short, their days were numbered, but we have the hope of reunions in heaven one day uh, when we die to join them in glory or when Jesus returns. And so as those who have lost babies in the womb, we grieve, but as those with great hope because of the gospel, and that can lead to understanding the depth of the riches in in God's word, especially when we're suffering. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Well, Jackie, uh, you've done a wonderful job uh, on, on our, in our, in this interview. And uh, guys, this, this book is well worth your time. It is helpful. Not only if, you know, your, your wife or you have experienced a, um, a miscarriage or stillbirth, but it's it's incredibly hopeful and helpful uh, for everybody. The book is "You Are Still a Mother: Hope for Grieving a Stillbirth or Miscarriage" by Jackie Gibson. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.